We are on Ksubis Nunches Omer Aleph 58a, towards the top of the page. Uh, the Gemara will now continue with the analysis of the next part of the Mishnah. The Mishnah had an argument between Rabbi Tarfon and Rabbi Kiva with regards to um, what exactly does the Baal, does the husband give, what type of food does he give to his wife? Um, specifically talking about a husband who is a Kohen. What is the issue? What are we talking about? A Kohen receives special food, truma. Uh, that's the food that he is given. He doesn't work, so he receives food from the Israelim, from the non-Kohanim. Um, and he has to eat this truma in a state of purity, state of being tahura. Now, uh, when uh, with regards to his wife, his wife now eats... Uh, truma as well. However, she also has to be in a state of purity, in a state of being tahora. Um, the question becomes, what she's not allowed to eat it when she's Tameh. Included in Tuma is uh, when she becomes a Nida, during, uh, when she has her period, and until she goes to the Mikvah, until she uh, becomes tahora, uh, pure after she goes to the Mikvah. Um, halachically pure, we're talking about halachically pure, um, just uh, a, a difficult translation for tahora. Um, and then she cannot eat truma. She's not allowed to eat truma during that time period, so she has to eat food which is referred to as chulin, which basically means non-truma food. Uh, so what exactly does the husband give to his wife? Now, we're talking about, uh, we'll see exactly what, what situation we're talking about. Is it specifically... Um, we'll see that it's specifically when she is, when they are engaged, uh, when he's, let's say he's obligated to sustain her, which would be, let's say, after the 12, mo- 12 months pass, or let's say after 30 days, if we're talking about if she's a little bit older, uh, meaning after 12 and a half or 13 and a half, we pointed out that uh, it's only 30 days according to the different opinions, um, uh, after to, to get married, um, and uh, he would be obligated to to pay for her food. Uh, so at that point in time, what exactly does he uh, pay her with? Is it with truma? Is it with non-truma? Because for a uh, significant amount of time during the month, she's not allowed to eat truma. So what exactly does he give her? Now, one would ask, why in the world would he give her truma if uh, she can't eat it? Well, he could give her truma because that's the food that he receives. Most of his food, the produce that he receives, is in fact truma. So from... From the husband's perspective, most of the food that he has is truma. Now, from the wife's perspective, uh, she can't really eat truma, but what could she do with the truma is that she could sell the truma to another Kohen. Non-Kohanim cannot eat truma, but she could sell that truma to another Kohen. So there's a bit of a, a balancing act here because most of the food of the of the Baal, of the husband, is tr- in fact truma. However, she cannot eat that truma for uh, a significant amount of time during the month. Uh, let's just say uh, a third of the month, but uh, it could be less than a third of the month. Um, and so, what exactly does he give her? So, Ritarvan says it's all truma. All truma, completely truma. Rubikiva says it's half and half. So, comes along a baye with a few um, a few limitations. So, Amar baye, machlokes bibas koin lekoin. Abibas yisrael lekoin tebrekol, mechza lechulin, umechza truma. The dispute between Ritarvan and Rubikiva. Ritarvan says... Give all truma, all truma, and uh, she will sell it. When she cannot eat truma, she will sell the truma to another going. She will receive uh, uh, a payment, and then she, could, she can go and buy 
uh, non-truma food with that money. That that argument, that's the position of Rabbi Tarfan. Rabbi Kiva says, no, give half truma, half chulin, half non-truma so that she could eat when she is uh, when she uh, is tame, when she um, became halachically impure. Um, so that dispute is only when she is the daughter of a Kohen and married, is getting married to a Kohen. Why? Because as the daughter of a Kohen, she's been living like this her whole life. Or at least the once she started uh, having her period. Uh, but she knows about these, these laws. She knows that when she's in, she, she had her period, so she cannot eat truma and she has to sell the truma. It's something which she's used to. So since it's something that she's used to, so then, okay. So then we can understand why the husband could give her Truma, and it's on her to sell the Truma. That's what she's been doing um, for for the past six months, or for the past year, depending on when she's getting married. As a 12-year-old, a 13-year-old. However, if she's a non-Kohen, who's marrying a Kohen, and she's not used to this whole process, so then certainly everybody would agree, says Abaye, that we give half of her produce, half of her food is from non-Truma food, which she could eat uh Always, even in a state of tuma, and Abaye even uh, limits it even further. The whole argument is talking about specifically when she's the daughter of a Kohen, she's used to it, marrying a Kohen, but also it's only when she's halakhically engaged. She's an Arusa. Why? Because she's living with her father, with her parents, and uh, her parents could help her out with selling the food. So that's when Rabbi Tarfan says to give her entirely truma because her, her father's usually the one who's selling the food. So that's the case where uh, we can give her entirely truma. The father will be in charge of it. But once she's married, let's say it's a certain scenario, she's married, fully married, but the the husband, for whatever reason, he's traveling. If he's traveling, so then he has to provide food for his wife. So in that case, everybody will agree uh, that... Uh, in that case, since the husband's not around, that she was to receive half of it to be truma, but half of it to be non-truma, because we, she's by herself. We don't want her going around. She just shouldn't have to uh, go out of her way to sell truma, something which she is not used to. Okay, the Gemara now says they bring a brisa in support of this. Tani namihachi, a brisa, a baye said this as limitations, but now we have a brisa from the time period of the Mishnah earlier than a baye who says the exact same thing. Rabbi Tarfan says, give her entirely truma. Rabbi Kiva says, half and half. But the, the price has limitations. When does this apply? Only when she was a Kohen, before she married this Kohen, because she's used to it. That's when Rabbi Tarfan says to give her entirely truma. She's used to it. And also, when do we say this? Only when she is engaged, halakhali engaged, because her father, she's living with her father, her father can deal with it. But if she's fully married, her, and her husband's away, so then we don't, we're not going to make her. She's not used to selling the truma to another Kohen, uh, so we're not going to make her do it, and therefore she she receives half of it as non-truma. Now, the same Brysa has a few other opinions, and so we'll go through these other opinions. Right now, we just had Rabbi Tarfin and Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Tarfin says, entirely truma, but again, based on these limitations. Rabbi Kiva says, half and half, and even during, Rekiva would say half and half, even if she's a Kohen, meaning she, she's a Kohen her whole life, and even if she's halakhically engaged, Rekiva is of the opinion, doesn't make a difference. Still, you give her a chul in half the time. We don't make her go ahead and sell it uh, to, uh, to a Kohen, uh, to another Kohen, and then receive the, 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 the profit and uh, buy uh, regular produce. 
That's the position of Rabbi Kiva. Another opinion reviewed in Maseir Omer, Nosen la shte yados, shal truma, ve'acha shal chulin. It's 20% truma, 10% chulin. 20% truma, 10% non-truma, because uh, he's of the opinion that uh, we give it to her based on how much time. It's a time issue. And therefore, let's say, 10 out of the 30 days, she's not allowed to eat truma, 30 days of the month. Uh, she's not allowed to eat truma. For during that time, we should give her non-truma. But the rest of the time, we could give her truma. Rabbi Huda Omer, Rabbi Huda says, no, no sin la hakol truma, v'lohim l'cheres, v'lokechas bedamim chulin. Rabbi Huda says, we give her entirely truma, and she could then sell it. Uh, it's a, similar to Bitarfam, but we, she could go ahead and sell it, and then buy non-truma with that money. However, Rabbi Huda does say, he's a little different than Rabbi Tarfon, in that he says, give her a little bit more truma. Why? Because this is just uh, basic uh, economics. The truma has a lower demand, because only Kohanim could eat the truma. So therefore, the price will be higher. And so therefore, when she rece- she has to cert- give it at a certain cost, uh, sorry, the price will be lower, I apologize. The price will be lower, because there's a, a lower demand. Uh, the price will be lower. And as such, she receives the money, but she now has to buy regular produce, which is at a higher cost. And so therefore, we will give her more truma so that it bounces it off based on the profit that she will receive. She will receive the right amount of the non-truma. Because the non-truma, everybody buys. It's at a higher cost. There's a higher demand. Finally, the last opinion with regards to this issue uh, says, no, we don't just give her a little bit more truma. We give her a lot, a lot of truma. We give her double the truma. Why? Because number one is that when she sells the truma to a Kohen, it's at a lower price than regular food. But number two is that we also, we don't want her to go out of her way. Okay, the husband might only have truma to give to her. That That's the food that he receives. But also from, from her perspective, we don't want her to go out. She's not used to selling this in the market. She's not used to selling She doesn't go out into the market to sell it. Um, and so we want to make sure that um, she's comfortable with it. And so therefore, we want to give her a lot of truma so that she sells it at an even lower cost so that the kohanim are going to her. She doesn't have to go to the market, but the kohanim are going to her. We don't want her to have to uh, have extra tircha, extra effort involved in this process. And so this is sort of the, the five different opinions, really, about how do we have this balancing act of what the husband has versus, meaning he has truma, and he has to provide for his wife, but his wife cannot eat truma the entire month. And so this is sort of the, the different balancing act. But again, it's important to point out that there are significant limitations. This only applies, even if you want to say that we only give her truma, which is not definitely not the opinion of all, uh, even if you want to say this, uh, we still only give her truma if she's used to it. She's a Kohen. She's the daughter of a Kohen. And so therefore she's used to it. And also it's only during the time period of the engagement, halakhic engagement, when her father, she's still living with her father, and um, her father could uh, could be involved. Okay, that is the end of that discussion. Let's move on in the Gemara. Hopefully we'll be able to complete this Gemara up to the next Mishnah, which is on the top of Nunches Amabez, 58b. Says the Gemara, Hayavam Enomachilbatruma. If let's say she is she was married to a Kohen. Case she's married to a Kohen, the Kohen passes away, they don't have children. The case of Yibum. She ha- she should then uh, do Yibum, marry the brother in law. But she did not yet marry the brother in law. So she's in a little bit of a state of limbo. Uh she she is not married to a Kohen, 
but she's also waiting to do either do Yibam or Chalitza with her brother-in-law. So she does not eat Truma. She doesn't eat Truma. My time, why doesn't she eat Truma? The Gemara says, it's based on a Pasuk, a verse, because she only eats Truma if she's connected to her husband. But this is a connection that she has to uh, her brother. It's really, it's not the Yavam, not the brother-in-law. Uh, the relationship to the brother-in-law is not a direct relationship. It's only because of the brother-in-law's brother, i.e. her deceased husband is creating that relationship. But it's not directly to the brother-in-law who's about to do Yibam. And as such, says the Gemara, she does not eat Truma during that state. Okay. The Gemara has another line. Um, the Gemara says, Basically, the Mishnah said that when she's uh, when the husband is obligated to uh, to, to provide for sustenance, uh, that is if there's 12 months, after 12 months pass, right? 12 months have to pass. Now, 12 months have to pass either uh, with her husband when they're halakhically engaged, but let's say the husband passes away during their engagement, it has to be then 12 months in front of the Yavam, in front of the brother-in-law, but it can't be six months from the from the first husband and then another six months with her when she's waiting to do Yibam with the brother-in-law, it can't, it can't. It doesn't combine. It doesn't add up. Um, and the mission described various cases. It said six months in front of her first husband, and then six months in front of the brother-in-law before she did yibum, while she's still waiting. Or even if let's say it's eleven, eleven and a half months in front of the husband, and a half a month. So why do we have all these cases? Asked the Gemara. Hashta bal amris lo If it doesn't work in front of the the husband. You need 12 full months, so then certainly it doesn't work in front of the brother-in-law before they're about to do Yibam. Certainly you would have to wait 12 months. So the says, Zu lomar, zu Yeah, you're right. And it's saying this and certainly this, both cases. And they, in both cases, you need to wait. The point is, you need to wait 12 months in front of each one, uh, either or, but each one independently. Uh, either the, the husband or the uh, brother-in-law. When they're waiting to do Yibam, they'd have to wait six months. Okay, the Gemara now has one final comment, and that's the very end of the Mishnah. It has to do with the very end of the Mishnah. The Mishnah said that there were two different courts that had two different rulings. Originally, uh, the ruling was that after 12 months, she is now allowed to eat. First of all, the husband has to provide for her. But beyond that, if the husband is a Kohen, uh, the husband has to then also provide her with truma, uh, with the special food that's given to the Kohanim. That was the original court. The later court then said no. Even then, she still does not eat truma. He still has to provide for her, but she does not eat truma. She has to wait to eat truma until they actually get married. It's not just after twelve months pass, but after they are after a complete uh, marriage, after after uh, after they have the chuppah, they have to have the complete marriage and the chuppah, and they're living together. That's when she can eat truma. The question is, what changed? What changed between the first, the original court's decision, and the second court's decision? So this relates back to what we discussed earlier. Well, why isn't she eating truma as when she's engaged? We know that on a biblical level, she is allowed to eat truma when she's engaged. There were two different reasons given as to why she's not allowed to eat truma during the engagement on a rabbinic level. One is that we're afraid since she's living with her her family, who is not kohanim, she's living with her father, they're not kohanim. Um, we're afraid that maybe she'll give one of her siblings something to drink, which is truma, and they're not allowed to drink it. Alternatively, the concern is that uh, once they get married, so then um, he will find a blemish on her body, which uh, will be significant enough that it will uh, uproot the marriage, and it's something that he really cares about, which he didn't know about. 
and it'll uproot the marriage retroactively. It's like they were never engaged, and therefore she was never uh, married, halakhically engaged, and she was not really allowed to eat truma retroactively. So the Gemara says as follows. That, that, those were the original reasons that were given. So my time out. What's the reason for this new court? Amar Ulavi, same of Shmuel Bar Yehuda, Mishim Simphon. The Gemara explains that the reason is, is because of the blemish. In the end of the day, it's because of the blemish, which we'll see exactly um, what's going on here. But basically, if the concern is based on this blemish idea that, that he will find a blemish on her, so uh, that will only have full proof once they are fully married, they are living together, they are physical together, so then he'll be able to see whether or not the, the blemish is there. And so that's the position of Ula. There's a change that occurs. The Gemara says, According to Ula, the original court said the reason for this rabbinic decree is because we're afraid that he's gonna, she's going to end up feeding one of her siblings because she's living with her family, who are not Kohanim, with her parents. Uh, but And therefore, according to the original court, once 12 months pass, they will designate a room for her where she eats because she's being provided by her husband anyways but she's still living with her parents, so she'll have her own room. People won't get confused. But the later court said, no, there was a switch here. The reason for the rabbinic decree is not because of that, but rather it's because of symphone. It's because of the blemish. That blemish won't be resolved. That issue of a questionable blemish there won't be resolved until uh, she's fully married and they are physical together. That is the first position. Moving on to Nelchesim and Beis, Elorushu but, if you explain that even according to the first court, the reason was because of the blemish, so what changed? Why is it all of a sudden that the, the, the later court, the latter court, uh, is of the opinion that they have to be fully married? What changed? The Gemara says, Essentially, if it's uh, if 12 months pass, and the husband has to provide for her. So, what happens then? At that point in time... She's checked, let's say, for blemishes by relatives. It's not by the husband directly. They're not allowed to be physical. But it's done by relatives, but done by other people. So the question is, the first courts assumed and thought that other people, it's a good enough check. It's good enough for us, and uh, we're fine with that. And that, therefore, she's allowed to eat truma after the 12 months pass, when, when, once the husband is obligated to support her. However, the latter courts said, no, that's not sufficient proof. The proof that we need is that the husband has to know for himself. And therefore, that can only happen once they are fully married. And therefore, the husband has to provide for her um, after the 12 months. However, when it comes to truma, truma will only be given after um, after they're fully married. And that's the position of the latter courts. Okay, just one point, and then we'll conclude. The Rashba points this out. The Rashba says that if she's living in a town where there's a, a public bathhouse... So uh, people are going to know. People will know about it. Uh, they weren't as uh, private. Um, and people will know. There will be rumors out there. People will have more of a clear understanding. And therefore, none of this would apply. People will either know whether she does have some sort of blemish or she doesn't. Um, okay, that concludes the Gemara. And we'll begin with the next Mishnah in the next class.